coffee and I have sex with your mom. Your mom. All joking aside, your mom's loving is a bomb. The bomb. That is the latest from Reagan and Watkins, our latest single, Stepdad. And if you haven't seen the music video yet, go do yourself a freaking favor. Go to ReaganandWatkins.com or type in Reagan Watkins Stepdad on YouTube or go to YouTube.com slash Jeremiah Watkins. You should be subscribed to that YouTube channel already because that's where all the Jeremiah Wonders episodes go up, the video episodes go up live on YouTube. And guess what? We have Pauly Shore as my stepdad in that video. A must-see Go watch it on my Instagram at Jeremiah Standup or watch it online on YouTube. Please share it. If it's on Facebook, wherever. Spread that thing around. Merry Christmas, everybody. And if you're Jewish or other, check box. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you're, you're celebrating. Hopefully you're celebrating with friends and family this week or with a loved one. How you doing, guys? Welcome to Jeremiah Wonders, and ah, this feels nice, doesn't it? I'm glad you're joining me on your holiday week. You may be in work, you may be out of work, you may be traveling somewhere. Hope you have an amazing week. This uh, holiday season can be stressful, so I hope it's as, uh, as good as possible. Remember just to breathe, and if your family or friends or somebody's getting on your nerves, you may not see them again for a little bit. You know, it's that time of year. So uh, just take a breath (laughs) and know that they love you. They're not trying to get on your nerves on purpose. And you'll feel good. You'll feel good making somebody else happy. Hope you guys are are doing well. I'm in Kansas right now, guys. And I'm actually visiting family. My wife just joined me uh, tonight. And I am very happy to be with family, catching up with them. And yeah, we're doing it, guys. Another episode of Jeremiah Wonders. So cool. I'm uh I want to share some really really exciting news with you guys that I mentioned uh that I have been mentioning on this podcast for well the last uh, month or so. And I'm actually surprised it already happened. Uh I got a new saxophone, guys. I have a new saxophone sponsor for this show and I could not be more grateful to David Knowles and Seth Miller over at Minchie Music in Pennsylvania for helping your boy Jeremiah Watkins out. I'm blown away. I uh, will be posting pictures and videos on my Instagram. And yes, the first song that I played on that thing was Careless Whisper. So it's the only way to break that thing in. I am super grateful and Wow, I, I cannot wait to to share it with you guys. But it is beautiful, and it is such an upgrade from the sax that I was playing since I was a little kid, basically. I'd been playing that sax for almost 20 years, and this is a beautiful professional cannonball saxophone, and uh, they call it the Raven. It's got a very cool look and finish to it. And yeah, anyway, go to my Instagram, at Jeremiah Standup, and uh, there will be pictures and videos on it later this week. But man, I'm so grateful that that oh, I can't it, words can't even express. I, I I got emotional whenever I I uh, opened it up, and wow, <laughs> it's just so cool. Uh, emailed the show 
at uh, jeremiahwonders at gmail.com if you'd like to send your music submissions or your kindness challenge letters there. And I want to make just a, uh, I usually uh, make the general kindness challenge to, you know, do something nice for the bottom, uh, from the bottom of your heart to um, a stranger, somebody that you know, it can be little, it can be big, whatever you're doing to contribute something positive to the world. This week, since it's the holiday season, my challenge to you guys is check on somebody, check on a loved one, check on uh, maybe a friend that's not super close of you, of yours, or a coworker. Make sure that they have something to do over the holidays. That's such a great gift that you can help somebody out with is making them feel included and making them feel loved during this holiday season because, uh, you know, not everybody has a, a family to go to or a close circle of friends. So look out for your coworker or maybe somebody that you don't talk to that much and maybe they're not the most popular person in your your office or, or who you work with or you go to school with or somebody, make sure that they have something to do over the holidays. That's my challenge to you this week, guys. And somebody that actually uh, submitted music to jeremiahwonders.gmail.com, I would like to feature them. I'm doing another artist spotlight. I'd like to, for you guys to listen to this track. It's called I Wonder by The Messy Kids. Check. To Jay Mundo, I took that line, living on the highlights, drinking on some hot lights, thinking about the good times. Can I get another line? Wait, wonder if I never did that. Who would I be? Would I still be that black Mexican? I'm trying to learn how to live. I wonder how easy that it really is. I wonder if they never made Xanax. Would the world still be in a rut, depressed? Fuck around and get your whole damn crew reset. a nice feel-good song yeah you can also hear that as the intro song on the messy crib podcast and uh the messy kids are on youtube and uh, different streaming services so check them out i want to thank the sponsors of this show speedweed at speedweed on twitter uh gino over there that sticky icky marijuana delivery service uh bronx born pizza my pal thomas schiffer at bronx born pizza in bend oregon They've been sponsoring uh, uh, the uh, one of the OG sponsors of uh, this podcast as well as Speedweed. And uh, the newest sponsor of the show, I'm so grateful to add them, Menchie Music in Pennsylvania. At Menchie Music, M-E-N-C-H-E-Y-M-U-S-I-C, Menchie Music. And the guys who really made this happen from there, David Knowles and Seth Miller, specifically David. I went through him, um, and I appreciate Seth's help as well to make this happen, but... Uh, David was my point person. We went back and forth with so many messages through Instagram and email, and he actually shipped it to my mom's place in Kansas so I could play it with family over the holidays. How sweet is that? It's it's so cool. Follow them on Instagram at D-E-E-K-E-I-G-H-Matic, M-A-T-I-C, Deke, 
I-G-H-Matic, and uh, Seth Miller at SethM710 on Instagram. Give them some follows, guys. Show them some love and thank them for their uh, amazing support of your boy. Wow. I, I have so many people that I want to thank uh, this year, and I'll do it quickly, but so many people have help make this podcast possible every week. And I, I couldn't do it uh, with the list without a list of these guys. My buddy Zoltan at The Art of Getting Up, he makes those awesome, amazing posters that you see every week for the podcast. And I, I love that he contributes his Photoshop skills and his art every week. Thank you, Zoltan. I really appreciate it, buddy. Also, DJ McRae, uh, who you will hear uh, a little preview of here in a second of uh, this episode right here. But he sends the original mixes for these episodes uh, uh, a lot of the times. And you can hear him uh, spinning on Twitch most nights of the week. My friend Thomas Schiffer over at Bronxborn Pizza for hooking me up with the video equipment to film this podcast every week because so many people were asking about getting it on YouTube. Thank you, Thomas Schiffer. Joe from Joe's Pizza on Sunset for supplying my guests with pizza from time to time. Gino for supplying my guests with weed every week. And a giant thank you to my buddy Gage Tiarina at Gage Tiarina, G-A-G-E-T-I-J-E-R-I-N-A on social media for editing the audio and video of this podcast every week. He's been a freaking huge lifesaver to me. And he's also a very comic that you should be checking out. He's working in the Texas scene. So follow him and please go see him live. Thank you to everyone who has donated something this year at jeremiahwonders.com. There's actually a PayPal button there if you'd like to do the same. Or if you want to help me out, uh, help support the show, go over to iTunes, leave me a five-star rating, and review the podcast. We're almost at 300 reviews, guys. I'd like to get to like more like 500 in the next couple months, so let's freaking make this happen. Uh, thank you to everybody. So just some end-of-the-year thank yous that I really needed to get out and I'm, I'm super grateful for all the support of this podcast the last, uh, this last year. This is episode 52. Wow, I'm going to take a, a breath for a second. Been running my mouth. Let's calm back down for a second. Let's get the energy in a, a normal swing of things and listen to a preview of this episode to come from DJ McRae. You start it, and then I'm going to jump in. Joe Rosip in the house today. Beat, beat. You're the beat. I'm literally the beat. This is happening? This is happening, dude. We're inside the podcast. He goes, Do you know how to DJ? And I'm like, totally. Believe it or not, DJ McCray made that with just the sounds that Joe Sib and I were making with our mouths, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Yes, Joe Sib is our guest today, and man, I love this guy's energy. You'll be able to feel uh, like through the episode how good of a dude Joe is. You'll just be able to, I don't know, how, it'll just be oozing out of the speakers. He's just such a positive guy, and he was such a fun, fun interview. Such a, a, a cool uh, friend to just hang out with. That's what I love about this podcast is I get to catch up with with buddies that I may not have had time to catch up with in a while. Uh, we talk about him touring with Metallica, him playing in different bands over the years, skateboarding, and more. And guys, without further ado, please welcome my pal, Joe Sib to Jeremiah Wonders. Is this happening? This is happening, dude. Is it, is it starting right now? Yeah, yeah, we're in it. We're in it right now. We're inside we're, the podcast. We are fit, we're in the barrel. We're, we're in, in the, the barrel yep. of the podcast, we're in the bro. Cut, dude. Yeah. We're going over the falls of the podcast. Yeah. Freaking driving off that podcast oh cliff, man. Trying yeah. to make it to the other side of the canyon. There you go. There you yeah, go. Yeah, dude. I can't believe I'm finally here. I know. Joe Sib in the house today. Thank man. you for having me. Dude, of course. Man. Do you I'm, know what you're one of the first people? 
I ever saw when uh, in when I started doing stand up. Really? Sandy Danto introduced us. Really? First time ever at the Comedy Store. Wow. When yeah. was that? It uh, it'll be ten years in January. Ten years yeah. in January. That's yeah. so awesome, dude. And you, yeah, and- I actually, you know that dude. We started right around the same time. Yeah. Um, I hit. Uh, first- You've been. You'd been. You. I think you're. You because you were already because doing I, sets there and hanging out. I um. So this is like. I, I started stand up in uh, January of 2010. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we probably met sometime like. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember going up there. Um, I was going up there with Sandy Danto, who I love, and he was so kind. And uh, and I I knew Polly from doing. I was in this movie with him called Biodome. You're in Biodome. I'm in Biodome, dude. Wait. <laughs> now everyone's like, well, okay, well, listen. <laughs> I know, right? Wait, what are you playing Biodome? Uh, our band, when I was singing for Wax, my band Wax, we were the band that plays in the Biodome. It's oh, like, you know what? So dude. you know when it gets thrashed? Yeah. Yeah, that's our band. And we do a cover of uh, Do You Wanna Dance? And then we did that. And then, like, uh, and then, like, the while we're playing, the Biodome gets thrashed. Dude, yeah. how, how fun was that shoot? It was great because the thing that was such a trip was, was you know and i was talking about this walking around today so where where you live is literally where i moved here when i was 23 years old came down from northern california got kicked out of my band in northern california like hey bro you're not happening time for you to be girlfriend broke up with me started going out with some dude some metal guy with long hair it was a bummer uh i'm living you know like in san jose at that point i got nothing going on i had one bro that lived down here and he was working at this record label called slash and he t- he said, you know what, you, you've you know you got to leave you got to leave Northern California, you got to come to L.A. And I was like, and what? And he's like, you know, you'll figure it out. You know, you could start a band down here. And I met these three guys from Chicago, and those were the three guys I started Wax with. So by the time we ended up doing Biodome, it, we had been on this crazy ride of, like, we got signed, we got dropped, we got re-signed, um, and then at a certain point they needed they needed a band for Biodome, and I remember. Um, I met I met Polly like when they were putting it together and he was just so cool and I never ever thought about like doing stand up but I kind of was nerding out on it with him. Yeah. But this was ages ago. We did the we did the movie together and and over so we did the movie together. My band ended up falling apart and you know, started the record label Side One Dummy and all that, but over the years there was always moments where I'd run into Polly and he was always just super cool and when I started doing I started doing the spoken, I was doing this show called California Calling, and it was like stories and photographs. And a friend of mine, uh, Polly, said, uh, said, hey, I heard about this guy that's doing like this music show. Like my mom, that's why she built that room. Like she wants music in here. And he, uh, you know, reached out to me. He says, hey, do you know Polly? Oh, yeah. And he goes, you should meet him. So I came up, I remember I came up in like a, it was a rainy day at the store. And he just said, hey, man, you, you know, you should, you should bring your show in here. And he remembered me from Biodome and he was just super cool. And then that turned into, I said, Hey, I'd love to do that show here. Cause it was like storytelling. Yeah. But, I, but then I asked him, I'm like, but I want to do stand up." And he was like, at that time, I don't even know if she's around anymore. Crazy Cindy. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Crazy Cindy. She doesn't do many shows at the, the comedy store anymore, but she was a staple there for here yeah. uh, for a little bit. Remember she'd call people when she was on her, uh, treadmill. <laughs> And like you're like she's like I'm I'm doing three miles right now you know can I get a spot but she uh, he put me in touch with her and uh, and then I did my first spot 
like stand up spot in January of like 2008. Yeah. And, uh, and I was just like, Oh wow. You know, like, okay, here we go. But, uh, and you got the bug right away. Oh my God. You know, I always, you know, for me it was, it was one of those kind of things where like I'd been on stage singing in bands well, that's yeah. the thing. I feel so, like whenever, since you, you know, it's it's kind of similar to our, our pal Dean Del Rey, I feel like you guys have a similar thing where you guys both have been in a lot of bands and stuff and you've been on stage performing in front of like so many varying degrees of crowds where there's like thousands to down to like, you know, those small, like brutal band shows where you're just like, oh, there's a couple of people here. I'm trying to get their attention, whatever. Dude, I did tours like that where you, dr- I always joke around like, we would drive. We did this one tour. You drive around. It's just the. It's you're opening for someone and the headliner. And, and and the difference is when when you're opening, the headliner's watching you. When the headliner's headlining, you're watching them. That's the uh, whole that's tour hilarious. for like for like you know. So like when I do stand up and they're like, "There's only 15 people here." I'm like, "Dude, dude, not a problem." Not a problem. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, I've driven six hours to play for less than yeah. this. Yeah, but you kind of hit the ground running because you go in kind of knowing your voice a little bit more and having more life experience and having that stage confidence, which is the big thing is just being used to being in front of crowds. Totally. I mean, yeah, I think, and like, that's the thing. Like, whenever you know, oh, well, obviously you've been doing stand up like freaking ten years now, but it's one of those things where even. Even early on, whenever, you know, I'd see you around at shows, I would see you go up and I'm like, you can tell like when somebody has reps of stage time in, whether it be within comedy or not, just on a comfortability level. Yeah. Just being able to be like, okay, he knows how to grab the mic. He knows how to talk to the audience. Yeah. Does he have material? No. Uh, You know, like, is he funny? I don't know. (laughs) Do we like him? No. Off stage? He's a great hang. Dude, that's the worst like compliment (laughs) early on is like, dude, you're so much funnier off stage. And you're like, oh man. Dude, once Matt, Matt Bronger, I did a show who I love, I love Matt. And, and he was another guy that was just like, you know, cause when I came, when I started doing comedy, I, I, I think also like people kind of tripped out on my, um, my energy. Cause sometimes it can be perceived as like, dude, is this guy like super high on cocaine or something? And like, I've never done drugs. And then people are like, really? Uh, but when I came on to like doing stand up, I kind of approached it as like, yeah, band style. Like you kind of hang with everybody. And I learned real quick doesn't really work that way you know comics are not that they're rude but they're they're very they're keeping in themselves they're in their head and now i understand how annoying i must have been talking to someone right before they were going up they're like literally looking over their set list and you're like and uh, dude i'm so excited to be here it's yeah. like <laughs> yeah like i totally i want to apologize to everyone i did that to but matt bronger once said to me i got done doing uh, a show at like el coyote or is it what was that place over in silver lake uh that they used to do shows at I forgot the name. It was like a Mexican restaurant. Did you ever do a set El there? Cid? El Cid. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I got done. Yeah. And and it went terrible. You know, just, but, and I get off stage and Matt, I see Matt and uh, Brody Stevens and, and like they were there and I was so stoked they were there, but I was bummed because I was just bombed. And Matt goes, and you know, I don't know how to talk like him, but he goes, you know what I loved about what you did, Joe? Like, you just kept going, you know, like it just, it, you just, you just never stopped it, You know, it, it kept going. It wasn't going well, but you wouldn't stop. And, and I, and it, you know, me, I'm like, Oh dude, thanks. And then like, as I'm walking to my car, I kind of realized what he said to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. dude, you weren't funny, but you didn't let up and, and you got through your time. I do the, the, the backhanded compliment that I've gotten so many times throughout my career is like, man, you commit so hard. And it's like, it's a compliment, but it's also like, Wait, but did you like the joke though? (laughs) Dude, you really stuck it out, man. You just stayed in it. Wow. Yeah. I could never do that. I mean, dude, the room was so silent. One time I did a show at Meltdown. (laughs) 
Oh yeah. You know, and and uh, I remember right before I was going on stage, I, I I had, you know, I had material. Like I was like, I'm gonna do this bit. I'm gonna do. I had bits. Like I'm all. I'm not. I'm not telling stories. Like I was trying to break away from storytelling guy, and 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 um, you know, all the you know, they're all there, and I remember um, um Jonah Ray. He, you know, I get done with my set. Oh, so right this be- was like the meltdown oh, show. Dude, this is the like, meltdown this is, happening. This is like the hottest show dude, in town for people who don't know show about in town. it. Yeah. It was the hottest show in town. Always sold out. Jonah Ray had me on his podcast. He That's where like, all the industry used to go to, to you know, to peep the the comics who are on the uprise and all that stuff. Dude, people were getting Netflix specials out of there, you yeah. know? But at this point, um, I get, jo- Jonah had me on his podcast and I remember we were hanging out and he goes, hey man, I want you to do the show. So then I get booked on the show and I have this whole idea of what I'm going to do and it's packed. And I was like, cool, the room is in, a, you know, they, you know, they want you to win. So like, I, I'm like, okay, cool. And right before I go up, there's this kid that worked uh, with me at Side One Dummy and he, and he goes, dude, you got to tell the story of the blah, blah, blah. And he got in my head and like a moron, I went up there and I tell this story and the room is so silent. And when I got off, you know, I was like, I knew once I committed, I'm like, Dude, I just jumped out of the plane, no parachute. And, you know, this sucks. But I, you know, I committed. And then I, I get there and I get done. And Jonah Ray says, man, dude, that was so great. I've never heard the room that silent before. Oh, no. And I just go, I just was like, and like, I'm like. Dude, they were hanging on every word you were saying. Uh, yeah. And you're like, ah, I would yeah. have appreciated some yeah. giggles. Or- Hence, never got invited back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, the that venue doesn't yeah. exist anymore. But like you so there said, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on them, <laughs> right? Dude? Yeah, but you know, like you said, though, it's um, you know, I think you know whether you know whether it's Dean or you know other kind of comics that are like they come out from music, you know, yeah. or just any kind of stage background. Like you know, you 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 know, you know the ins and outs of how to hold a microphone, how to kind of deal with a crowd. You know, yeah. I, I remember one time I went up at the Improv when I first started. And it was my first time going up and this agent got me the gig and he came down to the show and he goes, I want you to know right now, man, I've seen people die on this stage. So when you get up there, you know, just, just, just know, man, you know, if you mess up here, man, I mean, it, it'll stick with you. I mean, it's dangerous up there. And I, and I was like, he was, told you that right before well, you like, go on, you know, that night, like yeah, leading yeah, yeah. up to it. And I go to the show and I'm like, and I said to him, I go, Hey dude, um, I'm gonna throw something out at you. Um, are there skinheads at this show? And he's like, what, like, what do you mean? I go like, you know, skinheads, like, well, are there dudes in like green bomber jackets that are going to come up on stage and grab me and pull me back to the back of the room and like fight me? And he goes, no, nothing like that's going to happen. I'm like, that's what I've been used to. So like, as long as that doesn't happen, I'm okay. Like, like as long as no one physically threatens yeah. me with like a yeah. knife that they made at home, like I'm totally fine with bombing in front of everybody. Yeah, you're like, your little mental threats that are going on right now, they're yeah. not going to phase yeah. me at all. Yeah, because that was the only, I felt like that was something, you know, playing in bands and especially kind of the scene of music I came out of that, you know, I'd had those things happen to me on stage, you know, and I was like, in stand-up, what I loved about it was that unlike a band, like when you're opening, when you're a band and you're opening for someone, like, you know, I opened for everyone from the Ramones, the social distortion. I mean, all these bands I just idolized as a kid. The only problem is no one wants to see you. Like they, and they, to the point where they will, you know, I remember back in the day, they turned their back, just middle finger to you, the whole set. And you know, you're still trying to be like, Hey, what's up? You know? Uh, but I feel like you can fa- you f- you face not that extreme, but every once in a while with certain headliners that you open for, you feature for, they're you'll they're face that a little bit. Yeah, where you're up there and you're like, this material works everywhere, but this crowd just does not want to see me. They're like, not here to see they're me. They're just literally not here yeah. 
they, there's something in the air where you're like, oh, I just have to do my time yeah. and get off. Have you have you had that like out on the road where like something that's just crushing in, a, in another setting for you, and then all of a sudden you're featuring for someone and it and it yeah. kind of just absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Any any of them come to mind? Oh man, there's. I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, for the most part, I've been fortunate to like the. Uh, like the the headliners, quote unquote, that I've that I've worked for have been their crowds are pretty cool receptive. and pretty like they're pretty receptive yeah. for the whole show. Yeah. Um, but some of the hard ones have been like honestly, I mean, we did this recent one that was this was a, more of a music thing that happened, but dude, uh, this was pretty special. We went up against the World Series. Um, oh, like game seven. Yeah. Okay. Like, the, like earlier this year. Okay. Like we were in Phoenix okay. and we d- kept delaying the game. It was that game that went, it broke the oh. record for most innings. Yeah. I totally remember that. Okay. Yeah. We're on stage I was watching that night that, yeah. doing the comedy jam. Okay. Okay. And uh, Burr, we are, had already pushed the show. Burr always closes out. He went first because he wanted to leave because we had waited so long already. And we do this opening. We're giving it everything we can trying to win them over and burr goes up after us like we're kind of like we're like hey man we did our time to open the show but like we gotta hand it over to you now i know we're you're wanting to leave like you've been performing all day at this festival for all things comedy yeah he gets up there dude he tries to tell a couple jokes and he just starts laughing at how bad the situation is because he hasn't he probably hasn't been in that situation. Yeah, but what's in a so great time. about him is that he addresses it. He he addressed it. I he laughed that. it off, dude, and he goes, uh, "Why do you say we? Uh, why do you say we play some music now? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, let's get to the song. Like, like I'm not you know throwing yeah. out like new premises here in this this bar gig yeah. in, in Phoenix. It was like, oh, uh, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. I opened. I had I had a long time ago, not a long time ago, but a couple years back. Maz Jobrani. Yeah. He was he was one of the first guys to like, hey man, you know, if you see a date and you can make it, I'll let I'll let you come out and you know, oh, feature. That's super cool. So cool, man. Yeah. And um he took me to San Francisco uh to do to do Cobbs. And I was like, oh cool, man, Bay Area. And I went up there with my son, you know, like I'm like, hey Nate, you know, my son at this point is probably like 12. I'm like, dude, we'll roll, you'll get out of school, you know, we'll hang. He's like, okay, great. My dad was still living in San Francisco, so we had a place to stay. It was awesome. I bring my show to the bring my son and I'd opened for Moz before and it and it had always been super super cool. He has a good family audience so like my material would work with it, you know. But I go up there and we do two shows and I come out on the first show and it's like it's like I I my son, I'll never forget my son sitting at a table like right up front. I'm like, you know, all right, dude, watch dad right now. I'm about to rock oh, it. Dude. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not lying. Like I was like, dude, you're going to remember this. Like at the funeral, you're going to be like, I remember when my dad crushed <laughs> He it. killed it so hard yeah. and he told me to sit right there. And, <laughs> and he was at cops. And I just want to say, like, I totally imagine that moment. So he's sitting up front. And I remember I come out on stage and it is packed, man. This place is a big venue. And I'm like, okay, here we go. First bit, I'm going into it. And it was one of those things, you know, like I threw out the bit already thinking of the second bit, but no laugh. I'm like, all right. So I'm going again. This is at Cobbs. Dude, this is at Cobbs. No Mm. laughs, no laughs. Then all of a sudden, this is when I knew that I was just like, this is when I knew something was up and I, and I, and I, and it hit me. So, and at this point I'd been doing stand up like I'm like five years in, you know, and all of a sudden I start sweating and I'm like, wow, I don't remember the lights being this hot at Cobbs. But what I realized was, oh, this is called flop sweat. Like I'm talking, dude, like, 
I'm sweating like like I don't I don't I mean I'm losing lbs while I'm up there, dude. Like it, yeah. Like the 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 like you're on the elliptical, just like yeah, dude. I've never sweated that much on the elliptical. You turn into a Gatorade commercial. Yeah. Like at this point, it would have been like a Joe. Yeah, it's like a Joe Rogan part, like a workout. You know, I'm just sweating and 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 I'm like, God, this is not happening. I finally get to the okay, cool. I get done. And, you know, go off to just whatever, you know, lukewarm, whatever. And as I'm walking down to kind of grab my son, the spot is following me. And my son just, you know, the room's totally quiet. He goes, oh, that was so bad, dad. No one laughed. He says it like that loud. And then that got the best laugh. Like everyone just starts laughing. I just look at him and we go upstairs and Maz is sitting there and he's laughing. And I go, Maz, what happened? He goes, oh, dude, I, I meant to tell you, you know, a lot of the people that are going to be at the show tonight, you know, their references and, and their English, you know, might not be on. Like, you know, there's a lot of Persian people right. here. There's a lot of, you know, uh, Iranian Yeah, people so here. if you're doing certain pop culture references. Dude, not even that. Just like references of like, yeah, you know, when you're playing with your kids. And they're just like, no. You know, like we just. Do, we do not play yeah, with We do not. Kids. I never no. tell my children I love them. No, no. Like it was very much. <laughs> I do not love my children. They work. You know, it was like, what? I have a five-year-old uh, son and he has a 60-hour-a-week uh, uh, job. Absolutely. Yeah. He makes coffee. I drink. Um, it was like... <laughs> He's very good. I yeah. think he has a future. <laughs> yeah. It was very like... So Moz is laughing and then but one thing I'll say, and this was this is something that I'll always remember. He didn't have to do this. He said, all right. And, and he's about to go on and he goes, hey, after this, let's... I want... let." Let's sit down and and uh, I'm a, we'll work. We're gonna get your set together for the we're gonna next go show. over your set, dude. Yeah. And he and I swear to God, he said, "Do more of this. Bring this. Say this. Do that one bit about." He, and that was one of the things that that changed for me because at that point, like he's like, "You're Italian, right?" And I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "Talk about that." He goes, "Everyone will dig that." And I'm like, "Really?" And then you know he really kind of kind of pointed me in that direction. But the thing I always remember is he sat there with me. We rewrote my set. My son was there saying, you know, you should close with this, put this here. We go how, through how it. How old is your son at this point? My son's 12 at this point and he's, oh, he's almost 15 now. And he basically, we went back out second show and it, and it, and it was way better and it worked. And that was like a really, it was a great moment for my son and I, because he saw like, dude, you bombed so bad. And then on, within, you know, an hour, if you sit down and work it out, you can come up with a better set. And the thing I always love though, is that Moz, you know, as, as a headliner and as big as he is, he did not have to like, give me that time. And he, he was like, let's fix this. You yeah. could have just been like, that sucks to be you. That sucks, man. Figure it out. Yeah. That's and how a would, lot of people are. Yeah. He was very like, let's figure it out together. That's super cool. Yeah. So th that, uh, that so that kind of energy, uh, it worked out to to be a plus because it made me have to work it out. Now uh, you mentioned that you're Italian. Um, now we're getting a phone call. Uh, I think that your very Italian mother is actually calling in right now. No way. Yeah, yeah. Um, hello, is, is this is this Joe's? Uh, is this Joe's mom? Joey, so excited for you. Hey, I want, are you still coming up for th Christmas? Because I've gotten the tree, and Andrew helped me get it. And you know it was so great. When he was here, he drove his car over, and we put the tree inside. You remember the little spot that you used to get your ice cream at in SoCal? We went there together. Mom, you know what? We're doing this thing. I know. Now, are you still going to be coming up? The surf has been so good, Joey. I, I wanted to tell you that. Did you know that we were going to have a dinner? Mom. 
Dude, I love you, Mom, but really commandeering the show. Can I say goodbye to her for one second? No, you totally can. I'm, uh, you know, your your mom is actually surprisingly. uh, She she must be like second, third generation Italian because she's uh, she's pretty Californian. Yeah, yeah. You know, to to my mom is like so. She she always reminds me you're Irish and you're Italian, and the Irish side is God's side. That's like a true thing. Are you? Uh, is it Mississippi? Is uh, it? It'd be Mississippiando. Oh. That's really my last name. Mississippiando. Oh, Mississippiando. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did you have any other things to say to your your son Joe before uh, uh, we wrap up this phone call? I've started to do edibles. What? Yes, I I I, I discovered edibles. Mississippiando. I don't know. Me. They don't affect they don't, you. Don't. But I but I I go down to the beach and sometimes I walk. Down by the water, and I, I play with the starfishes and the dolphins, and sometimes I try to ride. I try to ride. I try to ride the waves. Now, Mrs. Siviano, I, I I have a feeling that the edibles are starting to actually affect okay, you. Okay, bye. <laughs> I don't like this anymore. No, no, no. I, I just think that they are affecting you more than flute. you think. I'm gonna play my flute. Bye. Oh, you just took you took up playing. Dude, she flute. plays the flute. She just suddenly plays the flute. Dude, all right. All right, mom. Bye. Bye, honey. Oh, dude, I think that the edibles... Worst imitation of my mom ever. If my mom was listening, she'd just be like, oh, my God. The Italian side is my dad, my grandmother, all that. You know, my okay. Because mom, my, mom, my, mom, my mom, like I said, she's Irish. Oh, so but she's... But not Irish, like, not Irish. Like, she was, like, um, I did her so bad because, like, she was, like, working, like, raised my sister and I, sold real estate, you know. Yeah. Smoke cigarettes, drink margaritas. Just powerhouse. Like, powerhouse. Mom, like dude. she was very like taking care of business. Yeah. Like I, I like I always say the first man in my life was my mother. Like she just was so just, you know, like just very don't take any shit. Speak your mind. Uh, work hard. <laughs> She's like smoking, giving you condoms. All right, make sure you put these on. <laughs> you know what we bonded? I remember when we were a kid, when I was a kid, when I, I for like a brief moment, I smoked cloves. Do you remember clove cigarettes? I rem- Yeah, I remember that was like that a real brand. punk thing to do. And yeah, like, dude. I, I hey, man, smoke- do you have any cloves? Yeah. yeah, I never got that. Cloves. And then like, the, so the, every car I ever got into as a kid growing up, it was like the, the scent of patchouli because I was growing up in San Francisco. Patchouli Cruz. was big. Patchouli, cloves. And then like Aquanet hairspray and leather, like this weird combination of odors. But my mom and I bonded because I started smoking cloves and we both sit at the kitchen table and she would smoke her, uh, she would smoke her Benson hedges and I would smoke clove cigarettes. Yeah. yeah we'd sit there and talk and drink coffee. Yeah. And I find out your dad is a Marlboro man. Yeah. <laughs> Son, you yeah. need to quit smoking those yeah. cigarettes. I smoke, but it was weird because I never like, did you ever smoke? No. Uh. Yeah. It only was like a brief, brief time. Yeah. You know, but you've never done any drugs either. Like, cause I remember. Yeah. Like someone, when I first, like when I would talk about you, someone's like, you know, he's like you, you know, he's never done any drugs. And I was, I was like, wow. Like it's rare to. Yeah, for you sure. How, was that hard being in bands and stuff and, and not ever doing drugs? You know what? For me, because I, you, you, you were in like a lot of the punk scene and stuff yeah, like that. Total, and that's oh, like, that's, that's pretty big, you know, like it kind of goes hand in hand with a lot yeah. of, of that, you know? But you know, for me, like my whole thing was, is that like when, like when I got into punk rock, you know, I was probably about 15, 14 years old. And then when like, when the, when drugs would kind of like, 
like I want to say like being being in the punk rock probably kept me away from doing drugs because I was able to like like you know at the time there, there was a band out of DC called Minor Threat that was really all about straight edge and you know all that and I'm sure your listeners are like yeah we know who that is yeah we know Minor Threat yeah dude, dude. we're not a moron hey bro. dude hey this these <laughs> listeners dude we're freaking punk aficionados dude <laughs> yeah continue with your story bro and uh and the thing that the thing that the thing that ended up happening was that like I think at that time that, that 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 music was hitting so hard and I really related to it. And then when I found out like those guys weren't getting high and getting loaded, you know, I mean, I drank beers, but I never was like, I never was the dude that was like, I, I, I just never got into smoking weed. I remember one time in high school, like I, I went to see the circle jerks in San Francisco and I, and I, and I bought black beauties from this guy. And, um, you know, he had like a Zeppelin shirt and like a little mustache, you know, like he almost kind of looked like you with a mustache. Dude, the amount of people who uh, say that I look like their college roommate or drug dealers or something from their past, like, <laughs> I think I just have one of those, like, it's the hair mixed with the face and the, hey, yeah. what's up, dude? Who I remember a while ago, I was, I was listening to the podcast and you had a guest on and you did a bit like when someone goes, dude, you know who you look like? Oh, Dave Ross, that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, they yeah. show you a picture and you're in like, you, oh, dude, yeah, I don't look like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if I do, I'm bombed. It never is. Yeah. I've never been stoked. Yeah. I've never been like, that dude's hot. Yeah. Wow. That's a good looking guy. <laughs> Dude, what? Brad Pitt? Yeah. Thank you. Never. Never. <laughs> yeah. Someone said to me, man, you know who you look like? And I was like, who? And and they 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 said the name of the guy that made like, I forgot that he made that clear. It's like this tape where he drives around in a boat. Have you ever seen that commercial? No. It's like this. It's like this. I know. I know someone. It's like, like an infomercial guy. It's like an infomercial and guy. You're like, I don't want to look like an infomercial yeah. guy. And, and Why are you telling me I look like that? Yeah. And of course, like my son looked it up. He's like, and then now around the house, whatever the dude's name is that invented this tape, they're like, and he's like this overweight like man. I'm like, dude, I do not look like that guy. But then like alone, when you look at it, I was kind of like, I kind of look like that guy. You're like, <laughs> you don't want to admit, it. like, dude. Yeah, but when you're solo by yourself, yeah, like, you know. But uh, the, <laughs> yeah, I just am reflecting at night. And I'm like. I look like all those ugly people <laughs> laying there in bed crying. It's like, oh no. Yeah, the, the thing though, I think the thing that kept me out, you know, out of doing drugs was like, I was the, I was just totally being honest. I was just super scared of something starting. Not like I would become addicted, but like, I just like all, like the fact it was called acid was totally poor marketing. Like if it would have been called good time all day, like I might've yeah, yeah, messed yeah. around with it, but like that, freaked me out and the well, fact lsd that, is a much uh less harsh name you know what i mean that still too is too gnarly for me yeah lsd yeah, like what do those initials stand for <laughs> you know like i what is there and then you know it's all like it was it was too much for me to even comprehend that a trip could last 12 hours well, maybe the, longer uh, uh, some drugs it's a freaking time commitment where you're like i don't I don't, even if I was going to, I don't have the time to do that. But when you're 14 or 15, you do. But there was right. there was people I know that like they'd be like, "Dude, he's frying," and I and even that that's like like wait a minute, frying. Did you play music with any of those like kind of burnout guys who like did acid? Like, no, all, all the, the time? guys I played with the the only the the thing the people that I played with we had like a guitar player that used to do speed, but by the time we started playing together, he didn't. And he used to always say like. You know, like, dude, he goes, if we gave you speed or Coke, Joe, it, it'd probably mellow you out. Because, like, I was the kid that was, like, I would I would go to the, the you know, punk shows. And back then, it was, like, seven bands. I'd pay full price. And then I would literally, I was the kid that would be in the pit from the first band to the very end. Staged, like, like to the point where, like, the people that worked for the club, they would say, like, dude, you should be in a band. And I remember this roadie saying that to me once. He was, like, this dude 
you know, fully tatted and just like, yeah. you know, gnarly guy. And you're like a little kid and he was just like putting away all the gears, the sound man. He's okay. Putting everything in, you know, like putting the stage back together after a band had just played. And I'm just sitting there amped. And he's just like, man, like, are you in a band? And I'm like, no. And he's like, you should be. And I was like, like, I never, I never even, I'm like, yeah, you never what thought would I do? That. You're like, huh? Yeah. I, I could do that. Yeah. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? He goes, you're more into it than the guys on stage. And I was like, I am. And he's like, yeah. And then that kind of was like the spark, you know? And then plus, since I wasn't doing drugs, it, it, you know, in the, in the punk scene then too, that I, what I, that drew me in was the fact that, um, you know, you, you'd get an idea like that and you could find three other people and like go, okay, we're a band. No one has instruments. Guy's going to borrow a guitar, but like you start going, yeah, let's learn a song. And then you have your first practice and you're like, we're a band. Dude, the, uh, this is wild, but, um, I have uh, the roadie on the line who, uh, encouraged you to, uh, to uh to get into music i think uh i think i think I he was got like him. a new york guy was he was he well, a new york like guy? a lot of the, a lot of those dudes like in the hardcore scene would like move out here okay you know so he's a new york dude hey uh he's a size uh uh it's joseph yo dude uh, is this cj yo man it's cj bro oh, dude what is up hey bro i just want to uh call and tell you man i'm uh I'm like really proud of you, man. Uh, CJ, I gotta say, man, like from when you told me to start a band, dude, it, it's a trip that you're calling up too, man. And and the fact that you went on to join the Ramones, dude, CJ Ramone calling in, this is crazy. Yeah, man, this, uh, this is me, dude, CJ Ramone, bro. Dude, you sound exactly like CJ Ramone. I mean, dude, that's that's how CJ sounds, man. Yeah, man. So like, what like what's the latest with you, man? Oh, dude. uh... <laughs> Dude, you sound like him. Dude, uh, I'll tell you, bro. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm actually your guardian angel, bro. I've been watching your stand-up career blossom. I couldn't be couldn't be happier with what's going on. Bro, I'm uh, I'm psyched, CJ, that you'd say that. And and you know you were such an influence back then, man. You're always so cool, man. Always so cool. You yeah, you know, that's just one of the things that us guardian angels can do. We can uh, change the pitch of our voice and stuff like that. And uh, But, like, but if you're my guardian angel, like, did you die? Like, are you not around anymore? I mean, uh, I can't <laughs> disclose that information at in the moment. Uh, but let's just say that I can be in two places at once. Man, I'm stoked to hear from you, man. And thanks for calling. Yeah, dude, uh, keep it up, bro. And, uh, you know, you never know, uh, you know, for your listeners out there. Jeremiah. Yeah. Uh, did you want to give us uh, some advice uh, to some of the listeners? Yeah, you never know whenever you're going to get uh, life-changing advice from a roadie. So uh, listen to every roadie, to every concert you go to. Absolutely. Those are the people you should hit up. Don't don't talk to the band. Talk to the, to the guy moving the gear. Goodbye. Wow, man. All right. That was cool. From CJ Dude, CJ Ramon calling in, bro. You know what, man? And he's, dude, he's lived it. Dude, he's lived every aspect. Dude, he, he went, replaced Didi Ramon, toured with the Ramones, and then now, man, Guardian Angel. I mean, I knew. <laughs> what like, more can you ask for in dude, life, he's dude? he's friends with Hell's Angels. Like, he showed up with a ton. So he's like a lot of angels. Dude, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of angel, Hell's mythologically. Angels. Hell's what Angels, the, Heaven's Angels. Guardian Angels. Guardian's Angels. And like yeah. the Guardian Angels. Joe's Angels. Joe's Angels. Yeah, dude. Charlie's Angels. Char- he's a fan of that show, he dude. Lo- you know what? He loves it. He loves it. He I has think- that tattoo on on the back of uh, near his elbow. His favorite it's part, too. It's just the too. silhouette. 
His favorite part too is when uh, when Charlie's Angels boss would call in. Yeah, tell dude. Him, tell him what was up. He has a lower uh, tram stamp that says just says full throttle on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh, wild, man. man. Dude, it's good to hear from people. My mom, dude. A lot CJ. of people calling in from yeah. your past, which yeah. is always exciting. Like people, you know, the the way that this show reaches people, I'm always blown away by the fan base of this audience. You know, like people really. You know, they tap in and uh, they kind of feel whenever, you know, we're going live from my my place. And, you know, like coming in today, the last thing I thought I'd hear from people like that. Now, dude, uh, you actually uh, have just been touring with freaking Metallica, bro. Dude. How has that been? Bro. (laughs) Bro. uh, (laughs) Don't get me started, Dude. Uh, Man, going out. I mean, the, the well, first of all, like the fact that it even happened is, is nuts because that if you would, you know, like when, like, you know, what we just talked about for the last 30 minutes, you know, music was my life. Of course, growing up Bay area, Metallica. That's, so huge. Yeah. I mean, Metallica, even, even as a kid growing up, if you weren't a fan, you respected who they were and me being a fan. Um, I remember going, even going to shows before they blew up and you, you, you know, James and Lars would be at a show. I remember when GBH came through or like bands like crucifix would play, they would be there. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, when master, uh, master of puppets came out, they just exploded. And, you know, even before that, they were just so huge and, and seeing like a band that stuck to who they were and, and never wavered, uh, like with their, ideas and thoughts and and their approach to blow up like they did so they were just such a they were so respected and then and then if you would have told me you know as a kid like hey check it out uh you're gonna uh you're gonna open up for them i'd be like oh cool man like in a band no uh djing and doing comedy i'd be like i don't want to do that that's gonna suck that's good that's a nightmare <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a hell gig yeah that sounds like that sounds like you die I'm, yeah i'm opening for a band where the audience is they may hate me dude comedy before band you know it can work sometimes but generally it doesn't but the thing that the ingredient that makes it all work is jim burr he totally he was the one that, you know, he's friends with those dudes. So yeah, it was like, yeah. so like, you know, he, Lars and James, they're his bros and, and they hang. And like, so they, they'd been kind of kicking around this idea forever. And I was just, you know, featuring for Jim. Yeah. I was, you know, working for Jim doing, doing shows. And it just got to the point where I was around enough that, you know, I'd be there when like Lars would call or James would call. And then, um, basically what ended up happening was, uh, they started kicking around this idea like, Hey man, you know. We, what do you think about coming on the road? And, and Brewer was just like, yeah, that, that could be cool. But like, it was very like open-ended. And then all of a sudden, right around the summertime, uh, it turns into like, Hey man, this is, this is looking like it's going to be a reality. And then, all and, this, and every phone call or every text you're getting, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see. We'll, yeah. We'll see if that you know happens. What it was? I'll tell you right now. I, I was stoked. I was super happy for Jim because he loves Metallica. Like that's, that's his band. Well, one of his, uh, one of his, uh, uh, you can tell how much the gym loves music just based on off of some of his comedy specials, the amazing rock impressions that he's able to do. Anybody that like, for the most part, like whenever you're doing impressions of different artists, most of the time the people doing impressions, it's because they like that person and they love watching them. So yeah. they've his naturally... Brian Johnson, his Lars, oh, his man. James, he nails it. I mean, he's sing. The thing is, he's another dude that can sing. Like, yeah, you know, like he can he, sing. Dude. He can sing. 
And, and then, so when it was all coming together, I was just stoked for him. I was like, Hey, you know what, man, that's going to be good. I, you know, I'll come out and see you. Yeah. And then all of a You're sudden, like, my buddy's getting this yeah, great gig, dude. That's all it yeah. was. And then all of a sudden in July, he gives me, he gives me a call and he's like, he's like, Hey man, uh, I just hung up with, with, uh, Lars and, and they just said that I can bring someone with me. And I go, really? And he goes, you know, and I always say, you know, like he goes, do you know how to DJ? And I'm like, totally. He's like, do you know how, do you have the gear? I'm like, absolutely. Like never DJ didn't have the gear, you know? <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, how hard can it be? And then, you know, we, we, do start- you guys have an iPod? Dude. <laughs> oh my God. If I told you like this giant, like fake set piece that oh you set God. up and then you just like plug in this yeah. little aux cord. Yeah. And of course, you know, like, you know, me being, you know, over-prepared all the time that like when I got the gig, I like literally, I went down over in Glendale, there's like this DJ place and I go in there and I'm like, Hey man, I, you know, I'm going, I'm going on this tour and they're kind of like, Oh really with who? And I'm like Metallica. And they're like, they look at me like, like what? what? Yeah. Do you not know DJ? No. I t- like if you bought the gear, they give you a little class that comes with it. And I was like, so like, but the guy was meanwhile so, the guy working behind the counter, so like, pissed. Oh. But the thing when I say you know DJing, I'm not like doing mixes. It was like, all right, dude, I'm gonna go from you know Pantera track into D. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so it's it, like simple, like yeah. rather than yeah, like yeah, yeah, not doing any of that. Yeah, yeah, there's no none of that. But but the thing that uh the thing that was cool though was um. I bought all this gear and it was going to be like, Oh my God, here we go. And then it ended up that like, I literally, what you said, I have my computer and, and I, I, I run the whole show off of just my laptop, which is a trip because I did buy all the gear and I used it for one show, one show only. And then like, I just was like, there's no need for this, you know? So now I just run everything off my computer. Is DJs coming? I was, th- I, I mean, yeah, there was, the <laughs> I was waiting for the call. You were waiting for the call? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I was, I was, th- I think that, I mean, there might be, uh, I guess there's a, <laughs> wow. You, you predicted the phone call? I don't call? know, man. I Dude, thought, did you see the call? You must I saw have saw the, the caller ID you know screen the, light up. Yeah. I, it, it, I was like, there's no way he's calling in. That would be a trip. Let the bass drop. <laughs> Boom. There's no way a beat's calling in. Yo, this is the beat. Hey, you're the same beat I've heard in so many songs. What's that like? It feels good. Are all the beats just hidden? Yeah, hell yeah. But like, where does the beat originate from? Hell yeah. The birth of the beat. The birth of the beat. Welcome. I like Do you have any end. questions for the beat? Yeah. Hit it up right now, Doug. Okay, I want to ask you a question. Why is it every song almost starts out the sound starts out the same with your beat? And how do you feel about that? Let the bass drop. Well, here's the thing. You know, I sometimes actually get kind of melancholy because music starts to shift and become the same thing from different artists, and I'm like. There's so many opportunities out there to make your music eclectic in different styles, but I feel like sometimes, you know, I, I was born with this voice that I get a little bit pigeonholed. You know, like I would love to be on some different genres of music, but I'm just stuck in this this techno festival garbage. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, but, but you know what? Though you be, I gotta tell you, man, you, you don't want to be stuck and be you, like you're the beat. Like when you're the beat. 
you're not stuck. Like people everywhere dig what you're doing. Like what would be some other genres that you'd want to go into? Man, I'd love to do some classical, man. Really? Yeah. Man, I, see, I didn't. I never have thought that about you. Could you like maybe like sing some strings like with with your voice right now? I mean, I could just sing for you. This maybe just like okay, cool. Like or maybe strings like. Yo, this violin. Yo, this violin. Yo, this violin is straight tripping. Did that work for you? It could. Okay. But you know what? I'm going to sing, I want you to sing man. with the beat though. Okay. Give me what you're good at and then let's kind of see if that can work. Ready? Okay. Okay. I'm going to count. You count I'm, I'm going to start beatboxing. Okay. Drop it in. Mm, flying <laughs> Sunsets and children in the morning. Is that possible? Sunsets. I don't know, man. Sunsets and children in the morning. Man, yeah. what kind of weird That's child like metal, music dude. are we producing metal, right bro. now? I went metal. Children and sun. Children and sunset in the morning. Whoa. Wait, do you think you I... Could, you could go into that. Can I go into metal, man? Dude, I think you could totally go... Children and sunset in the morning. There you go. Man, See? I think I might have found my new calling. Man, well, Beat, I appreciate you calling. I've always wanted to... Talk man, to the beat. I'm literally the beat you that are you the hear beat. on every song that that bass drop. Drop. But I might get into that. That's cool. I might get into some metal stuff now. You've given me the confidence Absolutely. to get into that. Maybe some screamo. Dude, some screamo. My parents hate me. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. I love it. Dude, give me. You know what, man? How about we do this? You hit me a demo. Get me, get hit some, hit some, hit some of your new vibe toward to me, and you know what? Maybe I, maybe I can give it to Metallica and see if they dig it. Maybe you, maybe instead of them bringing Ghost out, they bring the beat out. What do you think? I mean, you got me all emotional over here, man. I'll take you up on that. I, all right, man. I, you know, man, I'm a, I'm a garage band aficionado, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna put some beats together and I'm gonna send them right over your way. Yeah, man, and don't, and don't limit yourself, beat. You got, you got, you got. The sky's the limit for you. We got the B. We got the B. We got the B. Did you always hate when they did that? Yeah, I hated that song. I'm like, you don't got the beat. I got the beat because I am the beat. Now get out of my face. All right. Thanks for calling, beat. Dude, I never thought that I. would. Dude, did you ever think that you talked to the beat? No. And on the way over here, I heard that beat when I was in Ralph's. You shopping. hear that? You hear it everywhere, man. It's pretty ominous, actually. So many, bass but I, it's under—it's understandable, you know, why he's a little bit upset. He's being underutilized. Let's get into this next segment: <laughs> fanning out. Fanning out. Fanning out. Questions from fans. I reached out to people online and I said, if you could ask Joe Sib any question, what would it be? Got a few questions here for you. Wow, uh, really? Yeah. Okay. Our first question is from our buddy Grant Cotter. He says, oh, ask, shit. he says, ask him about Craig Johnson. Oh, shit. Dude, <laughs> I, I if love we that. could get Craig Johnson on the phone, that would fucking rule. I mean, I think that we can. Dude, I haven't talked to Craig Johnson in so long. He, Craig Johnson skated for Zorlax Skateboards. He was a hellraiser. Um, unlike me, that guy, I think he's died before, been brought back from the dead. He, um, big tall guy, like first time I met him was in, and there was a, there's a club down in Dallas, Texas called Trees. And uh, I was, we were doing a show and, um, we were our first time going through Texas and, and, uh, and growing up in San Jose, you know, I grew up with like Steve Caballero and Corey O'Brien, Gavin O'Brien, all these like legendary skateboarders. Yeah. And, um, so 
I knew who the Zorlak riders were. And all of a sudden this fight broke out and I was standing out in front of the club and this dude goes, dude, Craig Johnson's getting into a fight. And I'm like, the Craig Johnson. Yeah. And I roll over there and there's this dude, six foot something vest on dreads, no shirt. He has this leather or this like denim vest. Uh, and he's, and he's just working this dude. He's got this dude in a headlock. He's just wailing on him and I'm kind of buzzed and I roll up and I go, I go, man, dude, you Craig Johnson. He's like, hell yeah. What's up, brother? And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then he looks at me and I go, hey, man, I'm Joseph, man. I'm from San Jose. I grew up with Stevie and all these. And I start talking skating with him while he's still punching this dude. And he goes, really? You're from San Jose? All right. Puts his hands up. Dude runs away, like shimmies out. He's like, let's go drink. We go into the bar. We start drinking these things called Mind Racers, which like literally like I don't, it was like root beer and schnapps and all that. And um, he ended up being one of those guys that I didn't realize I would go to his house and we would literally, it would be four in the morning and we'd be raging, just drinking beers. Everyone's having a great time. But I didn't know everyone was on cocaine and they would, th- they would I'm not making this up. They, You're like having trouble keeping up. No, dude, point. I wouldn't have any couple, trouble keeping up. They thought I was on cocaine. So it was this weird thing where they thought I was on cocaine. I went to a cocaine party once and people thought I was on cocaine. Yeah, They're like, what are, you, what are you on, dude? That's what they said. Oh, dude, what, Sib, when are you going to break it out? And I was like, I didn't know what they meant by when am I going to break it out? And then at one point, I'll never forget him, his bros, they start fighting each other and they took their friend and they threw him through a window. And then the guy, they said, you know, and, and, then, and then that guy came back in bleeding and, and apologized and then kept hanging out all night. After they threw him through a window, I, I was just like, "All right, these people, man, this are is a different crazy. kind of friendship that I'm not used to." Yeah, it's nuts, man. But Craig Johnson, legend, dude, legend. I did a show in Dallas, Texas, um, last summer or last year. No one came to it. You know, it was like this bar show, and it was like the bar staff, and there might have been like 20 people there. And I'm I'm starting my set, and uh, at a certain point, I was just like, "You know what, man? You know, like, okay, I'm not going to do material." And then I I said, "You know, man, I used to." come down to Texas and hang. I used to come down to Dallas all the time, hang out with this guy named Craig Johnson. Does anyone know? And everyone in the bar that worked was like, Craig Johnson. Yeah. They were like, Craig Johnson. No way. You know him. And I'm like, yeah. And I start, I'm like, I started telling Craig Johnson stories. And then the next day I get a phone call and it was from Craig Johnson going, uh, like, you know, man, you were in town. You know, I can't believe you're here. I missed you. You missed your show, but everyone told me you told stories. So like, yeah, he's just a legend, legend. That's so awesome. Legend, 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 dude. Uh, this one comes from uh, on Instagram at tiniest underscore pigeon. What was the craziest experience that happened to you while playing live with any band? Um, craziest experience that ever happened playing live. Like, um, I mean, I think like for me, like, like any danger or threat levels. Well, I mean, like you know, there yeah, was, you mentioned like yeah, a little time, bit earlier. But. Yeah, one time I was doing a show. We, we were I remember we were at this place in San Francisco called um, it was called the Farm. And because they had like a farm in the back of the club and literally. And, but then during, during the, at night they would, they had this huge barn. It was massive, but it was like a good venue and they did shows. What do you want to eat here? Uh, We're just going to go on the back, kill it real quick and then put it on the grill for you. Yeah. We'll fire it up for you. Uh, But we played in this place called the farm. And I remember one time we were open for this band, verbal abuse. And at that point it was like when like, you know, there was a lot, like there was a lot of crossover metal bands like Corrosion Conformity, uh, you know, bands like DRI, bands like Verbal Abuse, and then my band at that point, you know, we were doing a show, and and at that point I had like super like 
like spiky blonde hair and like that was my whole vibe and I remember I thought we were killing it and I did a stage dive during our set and I land on the crowd and at that point verbal abuse still had this like big skinhead following you know and all of a sudden like I see I feel myself getting past but not towards the stage like further and further like the music like my band's playing but they're still jamming so I'm like okay everything's cool but then I get further and further away and now I'm in the back of the room and like my band's you know on stage and I'm surrounded by probably like back then it was called uh, the Bash Boys, Bay Area Skinheads. And there's like six of them and they are not f- feeling me at all. But you know me, I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? Like, dude, you guys yeah, were being all jovial. Yeah. Hey, man, you yeah. guys enjoying the show? Dude, so much. Yeah. And they just proceeded to just wreck me. And I remember at a certain point, like I was wondering, like, is anyone in my band going to like come back to rescue me? And I literally like, you know, got like I got out of there, but I had to go back on stage and finish the song. And then I remember at the end of the night, I said to like the band, I'm like, dude, why didn't you guys come and get me? And they were like, dude, we weren't going to get in the middle of that. And I'm like, fuck. They're like, dude, they were, those dudes are gnarly. And I'm like, You're like I know yeah. I was in between them. Yeah. I was terrified. Yeah, I'm sitting there with my, you know, with my spiky blonde hair and my bandana on. They weren't feeling it, man. You know, I was like, yeah, we did. All. And then, you know, this is the thing back then that like is so, is so funny. It's like, so, you know, that night doesn't, you know, it doesn't go well. Right. Well, you know, back then, if a band asked you to go on tour, you didn't question verbal abuse. The first tour, the first time I ever left the Bay area, it was to go on tour with verbal abuse at this time when like everywhere they went skinheads, every show ended in like either. I remember there was either a stabbing or a fight and you didn't, you didn't even question it because you were just stoked that your band was on tour. Yeah. You're like, Hey, we're, we're doing it guys. We're yeah. on tour. And we were all skaters, you know, from, from San Jose. So like all we wanted to do is like, we'd get to every city and, and it was just like, first thing you do, go to the skate shop, find a ramp, find a place to skate, find a place to stay, do the show that night, and then and then just figure out, you know, how are you going to get to the next show. And it was also like those tours that was like, while you're on the road, shows are constantly getting canceled. So you're like, dude, we're going on tour for 30 days. Yeah. And then it's just like the whole time you're out there, like, it would just be standard like, oh, hey, dude, um, yeah, El Paso, canceled. Okay, cool. Oh yeah, there's a murder. Yeah, or no, just be like shows canceled. Uh, okay, so where isn't it, it goes to El Paso, and then from there, where, you know, well the next show's uh, you know um, Albuquerque. Oh, that got canceled too. So then all of a sudden, you've been gone for a month, but in reality, you just really partied and hanged out at people's houses and did yeah. shows there. But I never, I I never thought anything different. Like I thought that's the way it's supposed yeah, that's to be. The, that's the dream anyway. Is just being out on the road with buddies and touring. It's yeah. Like, Dude. Yeah, and 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 just as long as there was like, you know, places to skate and and people that were cool to hang out with, I was fine. I was yeah, like, let's just go. What's yeah. the what? What would you say is like the best or the proudest you've been of a uh, a skate trick that you've done? Oh me, um, there was a moment in time when I was learning hand plants and I could get them like bef- I could get them like near coping, so I was super stoked on that. And then I I lost those, um, but. One of the things that like, it's funny because all the tricks I could do up until like probably I was like 23, like, you know, sweepers, backside airs, frontside airs, you know, uh, like I never could learn rock and rolls. That was weird. I could do fakey rocks, but I couldn't do those. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I was like, this is all pre like kickflips and you know, all the skating my son does. It's like sure. the tricks, you know, that they're, oh, they're, they're all, so, so complex oh now. And, then, and, then, and, then and like, little kids too. Oh, it's just, ripping. it's a dream crusher. You go oh. to the skate park. You're just like, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. 
but it, it <sighs> the thing, and also like you know even the vert skaters that I watch like you know on Instagram I'm I've you know you got Pal Peralta coming through Thrasher coming through and I'm just watching these kids and and the, you know like one of the guys I love is Herbie Fletcher's son I'm forgetting his I'm forgetting his name but he has like this beard oh my I watch him skate he does these he does these ollies frontside ollies dude that are like they're as high as your house they're like they're like they're like nine feet out and and he's just no gear no helmet no shirt even he's just got he's just ripping and his style's so good um i love watching him skate uh and that's the other thing too is it's it's so accessible that now you know when you're watching you're like oh okay i you know back we had a magazine we had you know, it started out with like skateboarder action. Now thrasher, right. you had to wait every month. And then, you know, once you're, a month and yeah. then you're just like looking at these dope pictures of the progression of, yeah. of the trick. The big going. thing was, the big thing was, is when like Glenn Friedman or one of those guys, um, you know, Terry bone or any of those guys, um, would take a photo that was like, yeah, like four shots in a row. So I remember like watching Steve Caballero at the upland, I have I I love the photo so much. It's it's him at the Gold Cup series in the '80s, and he's doing the Caballero where he comes up backwards, and it was a big deal. I know like people were like, "That sounds lame," but or whatever. But it was so like if it, whenever he, he it's did, never been done yeah, before. A three sixty. Like, it was a three sixty ollie. So like he comes up backwards, clicks it off the coping, spins all the way around, lands it, and I, there's this one shot where he's you know he's, he's coming back into the bowl. But as a kid. You never, we weren't able to see it. And, you know, now we're just so used to like, oh, okay. That's, oh, yeah. oh, that's how you do it. I mean, dude, even with stand up, I mean, I think that has a lot to do why all of a sudden someone gets up on stage and you're like, that guy just crushed it because you can watch stand up and go, okay, this works. That doesn't work. And there, yeah. and, and for some people, there's so much there's more to access yeah, now. So much. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, my, my favorite, my favorite trick that I wish I would have kept was, uh, was regular hand plants on coping. Nice. Yeah. But if there was a trick, my, now if you ask me, like, if there was one trick that I always wanted to do, it'd be a frontside invert. Yeah. Steve Cavallaro does those, like, just so good. Busting them out. Yeah. Just love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it, dude. Okay. Uh, this is from at Tyler Stan, at Tyler Stanner D comedy okay. on Instagram. Uh, uh, I got a couple. Favorite part about, what's your favorite part about going on tour with Metallica? Seeing the band every night. Yeah, just getting to hear the music. Yeah, every getting night. to hear the music every night. Getting to see the music every night. Getting to um, getting. I mean, the, and I know this. The thing that 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 has totally been the best part about it, and and I love the show that Jim and I are doing. That's amazing. But the thing that that I love about it is the magnitude of like, and you know, this is a comic. Like, you know, like like you'll get to do a really big show. Like, let's say you go, um, you know, Bill Burr says, all right, Jeremiah, you're coming out on the road with me. So, you know, that you guys do some enormo place, right? Yeah. And you're in there for one night, right? And you have access and you're like, oh my gosh. And then, you know, you might get done at the end of the night and you're, and you hit it out of the park and you feel good, but you're like, God, man, if I could just have a, I wish I like, it went so fast today. Like we got here and before I knew it, it's I was on blank, stage, dude. man, I just wish I could do it again. Cause the next time I do it, I would really take it in and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't rush or I wouldn't get on the phone and get stressed about something at home. I would have really dropped into it. The best thing about being a tour with Metallica is that, you know, we just did, we just finished our 21st show and just from, you know, it might just be because of the age I'm at. It's like, I really appreciate the magnitude the, the of how big it is. And I know this sounds corny, but like, you know, we're in Salt Lake city at the place where their basketball, the jazz play, or we're in yeah. Vegas where the King, I don't, I like, I'm not a sports guy. Sorry. Um, but like, I, 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 I know these venues cause I see them on TV. You know, you're sitting there waiting to fly somewhere. You're in your hotel room. Like, 
And now I love, like the other day, I was sitting, uh, waiting to go on stage somewhere and uh, they were watching the Kings or whatever the hockey team is for Vegas. And it was in Vegas. I'm like, oh shit. I, I, dude, I, I, for one day I was there with Metallica. See that zone down there? I was down. As like, far as performing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, d- what's also cool about those kind of venues is backstage and in the back hallways leading out to the stage where oh. they, where they have the stage set up. They have uh, most of the time they have pictures of all the people who have performed or played there over the years. And that's whenever you start to really look around and be like, this is really yeah. special. I'm super grateful for what's going and on I, right and, now. And, and as, and as you, as you, pursue whatever you do i've always said to people because i i've been really fortunate like being in bands you know getting signed touring with bands there was a time in my life where you know when i was younger that i was so focused on like the next thing and i didn't even know what like living in the moment meant because i was so like okay cool that show went well okay cool what's going on here what's ticket sales like there oh cool is the single getting played okay cool hey how'd we do on merch tonight okay that's cool yeah oh you guys were so great tonight oh hey man thanks okay, cool. so what's going on in detroit are we selling tickets there okay cool like you're just so you know focused on those things and and on this particular tour i i was like you know what man i know for a fact this is never ever happening again yeah and as far as touring goes i'm never gonna get a do like like after this you're never doing it at this level again. I don't, I don't, even if you were to blow up as a comic, you're never going to be doing it at this level again. And, and I've really went out of my way to every night, just take it in and, and to really like, I mean, all the security people that are local, out. Hey, what's up? You meet these people. They're usually retired and they're like, yeah, you know, they're working the catering door or like, or like the guy that has to stand in front of me all night. I'm like, dude, what's your name, man? You meet them. Um, and then a lot of times, dude, I'll go out in front when the crowd's coming in and, and just, you know, and now because I've been on the tour, you know, people are like, Hey dude, you're the guy yeah. who's out here with Brewer. And I'm like, yeah. oh. and, and that's super cool. But I would say the best thing about it is just the magnitude and the organization that Metallica brings. It's like, it's amazing. I'm sure it's amazingly yeah. special. I try to remind myself anytime, you know, uh, I have the privilege to work on a set or, or something outside of, you know, the normal comedy club setting or whatever. That's not like the norm. I really try to be grateful in that moment for that opportunity and not be like, when's the next thing? Because you get everybody out here in LA, New York, wherever you're pursuing, uh, you know, this field, whether it be music, comedy, whatever, with any job, really, you're, you you get even get a promotion. You're like, yeah, but it's not like quite the level that I wanted to be at. It's like, enjoy that right then and there and then appreciate the next thing, but live in the moment and be grateful for what you've accomplished everyone, so far. Yeah, And you know what though? You, you nailed it though when you said it's in, it's in anything that you do. Like yeah. if you're, you know, if you're at your job or if you're with your family, you're with your girlfriend, you're with your wife, you're with your husband, it's like you have to drop into that moment. And and the other thing is, is too, is that you, you nailed something so hard. Cause like when I first got the gig, you know, I had a couple people go, well, you're not doing stand up, And I, and I could tell like, you know, when someone gives you the backhand, like, oh, that, oh man, I'm stoked for you, man. It's, It'd be cool if you're doing stand up. It, it's I, a weird jealousy thing, man. But it was like, like, people are very insecure and I feel like they project a lot whenever they say stuff like that. You know, it was kind of like, I was like, all right. And then I started getting in my head like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe like, you know, when Jim brings me on stage, like I gotta be funny and I, I'm going to do a joke and I'm going to do this. And then at one point, Lars said something to, to Jim that, uh, that he's, that, you know, Jim said to, to me and, and it was like, he's like, you know what? Lars said the best thing. Like, you know, you guys just go out there. You, you know, you guys necessarily don't have to be funny. You know, Metallica just wants you guys to be here to basically make a fan experience and it doesn't have to be funny. And I was like, dude, 
that is, that's the key. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on like what my gig is. My gig is to play any music I want, get people fired up by the jams. Um, and also set it up for Jim to fucking win. And I was like, I'm going to just focus on that. And the moment that I just started doing that, that was when I really felt like everything came together and, and, and the show turned into the show that we have now. Like, like that's why I was asked to be here. Don't try to, don't try to force something. And, and I, and just being totally honest, I have been a guy that's tried to force things in places sometimes that just, you know, you're like, ah, dude, really? Maybe now's not the time to be that guy. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think we're all guilty of it as, you know, especially, you know, just trying to like. It's one of the first times I was like, dude, do what you got hired to do. You're supposed to spin music and you're supposed to do a thing where you tell a story about your dad taking you to concerts and how you're going to go find someone in the upper level deck. I told the story to Lars and he was like, why don't you, why don't you bring people down then? I go, can I? He goes, yeah, I'll give you just every night, bring down a handful of people. Dude, so that's I do that amazing. Every night. And, and that's all because I bet people freak oh, dude, out, man. Dude, they go nuts. I bet like, after the show, they have to be so grateful oh, to dude, you. Dude, imagine this. You just went to the show and, and you know, you worked your ass off to get these $100 tickets, but unfortunately, you know, you're you're up in section yeah, you're, 319. And the nosebleeds, maybe. Nosebleeds, yeah. dude. Like, talk about, you get vertigo, you're so high up yeah. there. Like, uh, you know, like if yeah. you're afraid of heights, it's a yeah. trip. And, and, uh, yeah, you've been saving for months oh, for months. you and your girlfriend or yeah. maybe your son or daughter, yeah. whatever. And a lot, and every time, every night, uh, the band lets me go up there and I go to a section. I get to pick any section I want. And I, and I get, I always pick like a father and son or a mother and you know daughter or mother and son. And I always do that. And then I always say, I told you, I'm going to go to the very last thing. And I run all the way to the top. And then there's these two, you know, there's always these two people. They're sitting in the last seats and they're like, is he, is he really coming up here? And then oh. I, and they're always totally wasted, you know, cause you know, there's like, and, and, and you know, or like the other night I brought these kids down, they were so high and you know, and you get a mess with them too. You're like, Hey, what's up? And they're kind of looking cause yeah, you're know, yeah. on camera now. Cause I'm like, Hey, what's up? You know, Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Look at these two. I'm the freaking jumbotron. Hey, what's your name, man? And they're just like, uh, and I'm like, do you want to go on the floor? And they're just like, okay. My name's Dexter. Yeah. This one kid, I, I was like, how, you know, we're in Portland and I'm like, how high are you? And he's like, just looking at me, he goes, it's kind of like a dream. And the whole crowd <laughs> just goes, yeah, yeah. I had one person staring at me and, and I didn't have my hat on and my hair was all slicked back. And this lady's like, she, uh, she yells at me, I like your hair. And I was like, oh, really? She's like, it's like you're going fast, but you're not. <laughs> You're like, all right. <laughs> all right, cool. Do you want to go on the floor? The, the product's working. Yeah. Heck yeah. I had, It's funny too when you get up there too because you'll have people that don't want to go on the floor. Or like, You're like yeah, oh. they're like, no. I'm like, really? Yeah. It's, you know, freaking, just, it's you four know, seats. Yeah. yeah, it's true. No, I'm more comfortable up here. I don't want to yeah. make the trip down. But I, that's been super fun. Dude, this is wild. Uh, Lars from Metallica is actually calling into the show right now. Uh, hello, Lars? Lars, no way. Hey, I'm just calling for like, Joe Sib is Joe Sib. This is Lars from Metallica. We, we're just really grateful you're out on the tour with with Jim, and it's been fucking great having you out there. I'll I'll, I'll say this that um I didn't really even know you were on the tour until until I heard that you were on Jeremy's show. Jeremiah. <laughs> it's okay, Lars. Lars, you tried to call me Jeremy all the time, and I'm like, it's Jeremiah. I'll, I'll let it slide uh, once, but yeah, it's fucking great, right? <laughs> it's great. You know what? We're just excited to, to have different opening acts. You know, Metallica's always been about just giving people the best show possible. And this concert's kick-ass. 
Now, Lars, is there uh, is is there any part of uh, you know Metallica's career or part of uh, any of your catalog of songs that you regret putting out or that you're not a, a personal fan of? I, I don't regret any of it. You know, James. Yeah. Whoa, he's in the background. Uh, James, is there any songs that possibly you may not be a fan of now at this particular moment in our career? Yeah. Just whoa. And <laughs> he is. Uh, he's a he's a screamer. Yeah. It, there isn't anything that personally I'm not a fan of. I just think that Metallica kicks ass. Just that's all. I've, uh, you know, okay, yeah. You're drinking the your own Metallica Kool Aid. I, I like that. Metallica is such a band that me and James put together, and as you can tell, I'm I'm just running out of steam in this particular moment. <laughs> hey man, I like that you are calling it out that you're letting me know how you're feeling. But you've been touring a lot, so I totally get that you're gas, brother. You know, you know, it's just that. Joe is just so bad at doing characters, and, and he's trying his hardest right now. And, you know, Jim Brewer is much better at this, and, and hopefully, uh, Jeremiah, you can get J- uh, Jim Brewer to come on your show, because obviously your listeners are realizing that um, Joe Sib is not so good at doing the imitation. Hey, man, I, Lars, I think you're being really hard on Joe right now, and you know what? I actually really appreciate any time a guest comes on the show and really gives it their all, and I'll tell you what, Joe has done that on this show, so I really appreciate that. Well, I Yeah, yeah, I'll come out to a show. Thanks, thanks, Lars. Lars. Thanks yeah. for having me out there, bro. Appreciate it, dude. Absolutely. I mean, that was super nice of him. Uh, you know, to offer tickets and uh, dude, I, I just, I, he was a little transparent <laughs> with you. I didn't like. I, didn't, I don't know if I liked him throwing you under the bus like that, but you know, I thought. Oh man, dude, that's the only guy I could do, man. Hey, man, for the listeners out there, that's you great. Know, uh, I hope that my my stories have overshadowed my lack of uh, I just I haven't the the characters in my life you know uh, I gotta work on them. Lars is the best I can. That was the Lars best. is great. Yeah, I tried. I I tried that. Uh, Next question. Oh, the second uh, oh, question. The second oh, oh, the, uh, also, opening for a band like that, were the fans receptive to hearing comedy? And I really enjoyed your set at the Blue Lagoon in Santa Cruz a few months back. Oh, that was killer. That was super cool. Uh, DNA runs a great show. Do you know DNA out of Santa Cruz? Mm. Oh, great guy. Great guy. You should go up there. Cool. Santa Cruz has a just... I'm from Santa Cruz. And I'm, okay. not just, I'm not just saying this because I grew up up there. But um, when I left, there was no comedy scene. And now there's a particular comedian, uh, DNA, who's just literally like he's like a gardener of just cultivating comedy up there. And like they have like first for, a, for a, literally for us, for a, a town that's probably the size of like, you know, so small. He, he has each, he, I, I want to say that sometimes there's up to three or four shows a night all over the place. He finds these hotels and different rooms. And it's a great place to work out. Um, I went up there and, um, when my mom broke her hip and like, it was crazy. I'd visit her in the hospital during the day. And this is so bad. I was like, I wonder if, and you know, and DNA's like, you want to do a set? And that's, I could do a spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're you're in town. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, do you, do you find yourself like, like I kind of felt like I told my mom she's in the hospital. I said, she's like, so, you know, I'd spend the day with her. And then at night she's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm gonna go do some spots, and she's like, "Great, yeah." But you've been you spent the weird, whole day. Though. Well, it's because your mom is hurt and, and in the hospital, and you're terrible son. But it's okay. No, but have you? <laughs> no, but have you found yourself doing spots and like you know, 
maybe going to visit someone and then you're like, I'm going to do a spot. Yeah. Well, I, (laughs) I try, I really try not to do that because, uh, I'm so invested normally throughout the week. Like my schedule is pretty crazy. So I try, like if I'm visiting, uh, you know, my wife's family or, uh, or, you know, I'm going home. I try not to squeeze in spots there because my normal week, like on a week to week and a month to month is so intense that like I try to give them that time and devote that time to them. So I'm like completely focused because it usually makes the trip better if I'm not like, oh, and I got this spot over here. And then I'm like trying to be like, oh, well, I got to go, guys. Sorry. And also whenever you and I don't know about you, but like even if even if you have a spot and let's say you're, you're hanging out like you have a spot tonight or whatever during the day. I don't know about you, but like, even it's still though in the back of your mind, it's all in the back of my mind. Yeah. So you're not completely present with the situation that's, yeah. that's going on there, which I have to work on. One of, one of the reasons, all the, the time. Yeah. One of the, th- yeah. <laughs> one of the things that I, uh, one of, I remember reading a story about a comic and, um, it was, um, it was something that, it, that he said that stuck with me so much was that one of the reasons he stopped being a comedian at the end of the day was because it invested so much of his time that if you know, at a certain point in his life, he was like, I can't give the stand up the time that it needs for me to continue being as good as I am. So therefore I'm going to stop. And back when I read this, I was like, wow, like that doesn't make sense. But now I could totally understand why you're yeah. like, where you're like, Hey, you know what? I want to, I want to be current. I want to be, um, I want to be at the best of my game, but now I'm this age and I'm involved in other things. You know what? I just can't, you know, I, I'm not, I don't have that, that space in my mind to occupy it with standup. And also I want to give it now to something else. Like yeah. that's what he was saying. Is I mean, I love what Steve Martin did with when going out on top. Yeah. I mean, dude, yeah. not many people can do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Final, okay. question, Final question. And then uh, we'll do uh sack stock. Okay. Um, has the, this been good? This has been great, has dude. Been, okay, cool. I've been loving it. Okay. Dude, I, th- sure. I think listeners are going to okay. take this man. Yeah, man. I hope you guys are having a good time. Dude, I think everybody's having a okay, good time. Okay, cool. Uh, at Colin underscore Zach, have you ever seen the hit movie La Bamba? Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> That's the whole question. I love that movie. <laughs> Richard! Dude, I think he just wanted to know, man. I love Sometimes that movie. Sometimes you just got to ask that question. Oh, hey, and I didn't ask, the only thing I was going to say, with the guy asked, were they were they receptive to comedy? The, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, would, I would say this, we're not doing comedy. That's the, that's the thing. It's a different kind of form. Check. That way, yeah. that way, yeah. Whenever I'll, you're, I'll tell you, you, if you're telling stories or whatever, it's a different expectation versus and welcoming people to a show rather than, um, you know, here are set up punchline because then the expectations people are like, wait, yeah. what? What are you doing, man? What, like I'm here to yeah. see the. The know. reason I was able to say, the reason I was able to like say to myself on the on the first leg, like, hey man, what are you here to do? Yeah, you're DJ and you're you're uh, co emceeing a certain part, you know, like I don't, I, when I use the word co, I, I, you know, it, it's definitely Jim's Jim's. And this is where I got that idea from. I mean, Jim said, Jim said, Hey man, when you, this is, this was his words to me. Hey, when you introduce me, introduce me as, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen or, you know, whatever. Hey man, please melt, welcome your MC and host and diehard Metallica fan, Jim Brewer. That was his thing. Wow. And when he said that, I was like, you know, he's, he's a, you know, he's a legend. And he was, and he even was like, you know what? I'm, it's not, it's about, not me. about that tonight. I'm about your host. I'm about and welcoming. making yeah. the show there you go. the best experience there you go. possible. There you go. 
I mean, I mentioned this uh, whenever I had Josh Adam Myers on this podcast, but whenever we did, uh, all right, man, <laughs> Joseph, no, <laughs> Joseph, I'm a cut. You gotta come on my podcast. We're gonna talk about Jay's addiction. Oh my god. <laughs> Is that from just like, did he just smoke cigarettes from the time he Dude, was like? Dude, no, he posted a, a video of him as a teenager and he sounds like this. It's just how it sounds, man. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I First of all, only other, like he makes you and I seem not happy. Josh is like one of the most, like I met him. He was another guy I met when I first started doing stand up and yeah. just became friends with him. And I like, I love him. Um, and, uh, and I love how much, I mean, he, dude, he can sing. I mean, the guy, oh, yeah. yeah. Great energy, yeah. dude. Great energy. We, so, uh, we, we mentioned, uh, so DJ Cypher sounds, he was DJing Madison square garden with the impractical jokers. And oh. Josh and I just went to go support and hang out with the guys backstage. And so I've already told the story, but it's one of those things where we didn't do stand up whenever we went up there, but they asked us to go up there and hype the crowd and riff and do our thing. And they had already seen a couple stand-up acts, which had not done great, because everybody was there for the Impractical Jokers. Jokers. They yeah. were specifically there for those guys. They're die-hard they're die hard fans. Can I tell you how much I, I just recently, I know everyone's going to be like, what? I just recently on this, like the last month, discovered them. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'm my mom and everybody love. back in Kansas just, yeah, they love them. Love. Yeah. I love how old they are. Can I tell you that right now? That it's, I, yeah. I thought it was going to be like... Like a bunch of like these young, young prankster kids. guys. And I'm like, dude, these are like three or four. How many are there? Three guys? Uh, four guys. Yeah, four out of shape dudes that just are, I mean, <laughs> just they're having the best time hanging Yeah, there's together. best friends hanging. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, you, so they brought you so, out to so, riff? Yeah, and we, dude, we blew up the crowd because we were present. We riffed and we got people involved in the show and we got like everybody like clapping and standing up and we got this dude to, to you know, stand up out of the, we had one guy who was sitting down and we, we got the whole Madison Square Garden to start chanting, get up, get up. And then finally he gets up and the roof explodes so off of wild. there and dude, it, and we're, and we're just dancing yeah. and like being stupid and but yeah. Because like you, you didn't say, Hey, uh, I'm going <clears> to <throat> use this tool. I'm going to use what they asked me to do. Get yeah, no, exactly. Hyped. Yeah. That's, that's They're, exactly what, uh, I think And Jim knew it before me. He was like, that's what I'm going to do. And that's the reason it's working. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, there's parts of the show. I wish you could have came to the Fresno show. Like we do this, we do this uh, sing-along thing at, right before the band comes on where we're like, look, man, we're going to play these six metal jams, and if you don't know these songs, you're at the wrong show. But you know what? We're going to put the lyrics up there for you. And everyone sings like a Sabbath into like Pantera. And it's this moment where like you have all these people from you know all over the world, totally different, you know. but for this one moment, they're all singing along. It's, 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 but once again, hosting, not like, Hey, I'm gonna throw a yeah, singer I'm, out there. Yeah, uh, here's I'm I'm gonna take this opportunity to uh, throw my type five in here yeah. that I'm trying to showcase. Like, Not no, dude, work. let's make it about the show right here, right now, tonight. Yes. Let's get into this tonight. final segment tonight. I love that. Sax talk. Oh wow. Oh. Sax talk. Now I prepped sax Joe before talk. we started. Uh, Joe is gonna share a story of a sexual encounter, and I'm gonna play some sweet, sweet saxophone underneath. And I will follow you whenever you're ready, brother. Hey, can I ask you a question? I thought about this today. Sure. When I was growing up, I used to listen. My parents used to play Boots Randolph. Do you know who that is? No. Uh-uh. Yeah, Boots Randolph. He's a saxophone player. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was awkward. You don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to look up some Boots Randolph. But uh, how great would it be? He definitely like, has a saxophone name. How great you know, would it be? Boots Randolph. Yeah. 
How great would it be if that like was the the like like I'm fucking out of here then? If you don't know who Boots Randolph, is. <laughs> yeah, like that was the tipping point. Not gonna tell after the story. everything. Yeah, you know what, dude? You know what? You don't know who Boots is, man, dude. Yeah. I can't do this show anymore, I call man. Bullshit. Okay, get out of here. All right, so here we go. Tell me. Okay, so and then you just play. Yeah, I'll follow you along. Okay, you follow so me. yeah, you you narrate the story and I'll just accent it with some sax. All right, I'm gonna count it off. A one, a two, a three, a four. So it's about probably 1993 here on the streets of Hollywood. Okay. All the music and all the bands I ever played in, people would ask me, wait, when do you start? There you go. You start it and then I'm going to jump in. Set it up for me. So all the bands I was ever in, people always ask me like, hey man, did you ever like hook up with any girl? Like you're a singer in a band. Did they ever cruise up and be like, Hey, me, you let's do this. And the answer is no, because like the music I played was always like just circle pits and men. And yeah, let's go. And there was a lot of girls there, but my, like my wife says, no one wants to get together with the spaz. But sometimes, you know, your luck can change. And if you play your cards right, you know, maybe there might be some in the audience that's like, wow, man, like, you know what? Maybe I would like to get together with the guy that's the spaz. All right. So I come down to, I come down to LA. We're playing this show right up the street from here at this place. It used to be called the Coconut Teaser, right? And it was, it was kind of like a jazzy place, but then they had punk bands there. You know, and I was in a super good mood that night, a uh, couple beers. I remember I had red spiky hair and like, you know, I was feeling, I was feeling good inside. But cause sometimes when I'd be on stage, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't feel that good inside. Like I'd kind of go to a dark place. I might even be sad. So sad. But this night I was feeling super good. I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm almost forgetting the story. All right. So so I'm sitting there on stage and we I spend nine <laughs> hours telling this story because you're like, okay. Okay, we're gonna save it to the end. I just you know what's so great? I've always wanted to do a show where they're like, you know how like uh, Adam Ray and Avery do like God, I love okay, okay. Here we go. Okay, I'm going to get to the story. And then, okay, well, so I'll fast forward. Here we go. So that particular night, I go to the Coconut Teaser. I'm in my band. We play our set. And this has never happened before. This young lady comes up to me and she's like, wow, you know, blah, blah, blah. One thing leads to another. And at this point, I wasn't living in LA. And she said, hey, do you want to go to the Valley? And I was like, what's the Valley? And she's like, I live in the Valley. I have a roommate. We can go back to the house. And, you know, you should come, man. I was like, wow, is this really happening? So before I know it, I get into her car. But before I left because I'm super paranoid and I was I didn't want to get like I, I, I know this is crazy I'm like what's this girl gonna do to me but like I was nervous so I grabbed our guitar player and I'm like yeah you gotta come with me bro so now we're driving around and we're on our way to the valley and I'm kind of making out with this girl and I'm like wow this is escalating way quicker than anything's ever escalated. We get to her, uh, we get to their apartment that they share, right? And it was me, my guitar player, this other guy, this other guy, and and the girl I was with. And when we get in there, the girl that that owns the apartment uh, has a guy with her, and they immediately 
disappear into her bedroom. And they start, it sounds like they're lifting weights in there. Like it's just going on. So then I take our guitar player and I go, dude, just lay on this couch, you know, like here's some beers for you. And there's no place for me and this girl to go except in the living room and things are escalating. But as I'm kind of in the living room looking around, I'm seeing pictures of the girl that just went into the bedroom and it's not the dude that went in with her. The dude that's in the photos is this like biker, Guns N' Roses, gnarly guy. So even in this stoop, I mean, in this, in this not stupor, but in this mind, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, okay, the boy, the girl that's in there, that's not the boyfriend. Okay, whatever. Like, I don't know. I guess that's happening. Um, okay, guitar player. He's passed out on the couch. Okay, here we go. And, I, and I'm with the girl and, and, and we're, it's escalating quick. And before I know it, um, you know, because I, I practice safe sex, I'm putting on a condom and I'm like, okay, dude, this is, this is going to happen. You know? And, and I was like old school. Like I asked so many times, is this cool to the point where she like was like, yes, this is cool. I want to do this. And, and I must have taken so much time because all of a sudden, like probably like uh, an amount of time had gone by. And right when the deal's about to happen, the, it's going to happen. Lovemaking is going to take place right then. Boom, boom, boom on the door. And I'm like, I'm like, what the hell is that? And I remember she's like, oh my God. And I, I put my pants back on. What's going on? Grab my guitar player. Look through the people. It's the dude that was in the photo. And it's he's he's there in real life. I'm like, holy shit. And all, that, all that's going through my mind at this moment, Jeremiah, is I'm like, that dude's going to come in here and just start wailing on people. But maybe he won't wail on me and my bro. My bro's already drunk. If I act drunk. So as the girl starts to open the door, and I remember saying to her, don't open it. He kicks it open. The chain goes flying everywhere. Now he's, now he's face to face with me. And he's like, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, oh, and I just, I don't know why I did this. I started pretending I was like blackout drunk. I'm like, hey, it's up, bro, dude. Yeah, man. So he's just looking at me like, what is wrong with this guy? Like, is he on the spectrum? Like, what just happened to him? So then the girl is 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 kind of like trying to miss trying to keep him away from the bedroom because his chick is in that room with some dude that she met at the club and all I remember is this he's looking around like where's Sandy where's Sandy and, I, and I, I'm just like I don't know and, and I'm looking at our guitar player dude get the fuck up we gotta go we're going to the door and the last thing I remember is he's going around the apartment and he's going towards the bedroom Gave me a few minutes to grab my shit and all I saw him do is kick open the bedroom door and I just saw a naked dude standing there and the girl uh, like, what are you doing here? And the last thing as I bolted out the doors, I just saw the, the Harley Davidson just got out of prison tattooed guy go into the room and there was no way out of there. So all that went through my mind is, oh my God, there's an, the guy's gonna have to fight naked. Like there's like, how is he, how is that even possible? And I remember we run down the stairs, getting into the girl's car and I go, you got to drive us back to where we're staying. We're driving there. Finally, the night's over. We go, in, we go into the place that we're crashed at. Guitar player and I start to laugh like, oh my God, that was gnarly. And then I'm like, oh man, what a, that's crazy. And I, I go, all right, man, I'm going to crash out. And I go into the bathroom to take a leak. And as I start to take a leak, I realize the condom is still on, still on throughout all of that. That's it.
Sax talk. Man, that's a great sax talk. Yeah. Dude. And, it never, and, and that was the only time that playing in a band I ever had anyone like. And that was the last time I wore a condom. <laughs> God. <laughs> it was funny when you asked me this story because I, I, I did. I told my wife, Karen, I was like, what story should I tell? You know, and she's and we're laughing and she and even she knows that story. She's like, tell the time that, you know, you almost got laid, but you still had the condom on. And that she's like, only those things happen to you. Like, yeah. Everyone else would have had a normal night, but instead you almost get beaten up and then you leave a dude that's in a room. You know, every, you know, yeah, I always wondered to, what happened to that guy. Dude, he's dead, man. You think he's dead? Oh, he's yeah. for sure dead. Yeah. 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 I feel bad. I bailed on him. Hey, man, you you tried to warn him. I did. Because, dude, I'll tell you right now, he, I was talking that like, hey, man, there's no one here. You know, like that's Yeah, doing that old sitcom thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Bro, thanks so much for doing the pod, man. Jeremiah, thank you so much, man. And I, I want everyone to know right now, like I said, I met Jeremiah when I started doing stand-up. And I will say this, that he is one of the nicest. Like, when you're in L.A., or any city and you're and you're just trying to find your way and you're like, oh my God, what am I doing here? It was always the best. Even when I wouldn't say hi to you, like I would see your smile and just see you and your energy is so positive that, you know, even though I wouldn't talk to you sometimes, you know, it shows like I'd see you and I'm, you know, you know how it is. Like we're both yeah. doing sets. Opposite sides of the room yeah, or whatever. Or, yeah, you yeah. Know, you're just like, oh, cool. Jeremiah's here. And I can tell you right now, no one's ever bummed on you. I want you to know that. Oh, that's that's like nice. That's everyone, nice to hear. Like you are one of those dudes that's just liked by everyone. Well, that's super oh, except nice to hear. you know who said except who, <laughs> except that one guy. Ooh, he's got some things to say. Thank about you so you. much for having me. Yeah, what uh, what do you want to plug, buddy? Before you go. Oh, hey, uh, hey, if you enjoyed this, and I and I and I totally understand if you didn't, but if you did, dude, you crushed it. I love this episode. All right. All right. Well, anyway, um, I would I would love you know follow me on Instagram, Joe underscore Sib. You can hit me up on Twitter, Joe Sib. I got a website, JoeSib.com. I also do a parenting podcast. If you if any of you have kids or you're thinking about having kids, um, you can listen to my podcast. It's called Rad Parenting. Uh, we've taken a break for a little while. while I'm a tour with Metallica. That sounds super weird saying. Uh, that's a that's a pretty good excuse yeah. though. Yeah, my host is... I just stopped doing my parent parenting podcast yeah. for a little bit. I could tour with Metallica. Yeah. That's all good. And I will say this. Uh, since I stopped doing the parenting podcast, my 14-year-old now vapes. I found a Coors Light in his room, and he has a hickey <laughs> on his neck right now that my wife almost said, you can't go to school with the hickey on your neck. And, I, and we're putting makeup on his neck, and I was like... I finally, I was like, look, you're going to school with a hickey on your neck. So um, if you want any parenting advice, uh, the, the name of our show is Rad Parenting, but it's, it's called Rad Parenting. She's the expert. He's not. And basically... Um, it's, you know, over, uh, I don't know, close to 200 episodes of all of the mistakes I made, but you really will. Like, I wish I would have started the podcast before I had kids because I learned so much more about being a parent, being a better person. It's been great for my marriage. Like it's a, it's a great show. It, I wanted it to be fun, but it turned into like this thing that people really dig. Um, and then, Hey, come out and see me do stand up. That's, that's what I love to do. Yeah, dude. We just did a Skylar stone show at the and, comedy store. And, and that was so crushed. fun, man, dude, you, you too, man. We we're on a lineup of killers and oh dude, we held our own. It was great. Yeah. That was like Joe Rogan. Uh, was Whitney come? Was Whitney on that show? I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think Nick Kroll stopped uh, by. And then also, um, Allie, Ali Wong. She showed up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just crushers. That room is so rad. Oh, main oh room my is my God. favorite, dude. Oh, yeah. I love that place. But uh, thank you so much for having me, man. Dude, love you, dude. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Hey, and if anyone wants to email me, Joe Sib, 
22 at gmail.com. Email them, dudes. Bros. Bye. <laughs> Late. See you guys. <laughs> Oh.